You're listening to Perspectives. I am your host, David Howard. Thank you for joining me as my desire is that each episode speaks to your heart while answering each and every one of your prayers in a most incredible way. The past few months and weeks, I've been involved in a number of in-depth conversations surrounding young people and how they view salvation and their relationship with God. Surprisingly, there are many things that are similar to those of generations past. Yet there are others that are highly influenced by today's environment, full of skepticism, cynicism, questions, and doubt. We have an incredibly special guest this week, which can lend some credible insight on this truly relevant topic. Today's episode is titled, A Relatable Christ. It gives me great pleasure to introduce a very special guest to today's podcast. She is a graduate of UCLA and the University of North Carolina. She currently works with the Center for Disease Control, CDC, as an Associate Vice President of Emergency Response, a team of specialists whose primary focus is keeping us safe from the next pandemic. She has traveled the world providing aid and disaster assistance both in the territorial United States and Puerto Rico as a result of the devastating hurricanes they suffered nearly four years ago. She's a specialist in communications and messaging and is an ardent advocate for the voiceless. She's married to her husband, Sekou, and is the mother of two beautiful children, Rufus Alexander and Honor Elizabeth. As busy as she is, she still finds time to enjoy her passions as an in-demand wedding coordinator, her artistic abilities for making centerpieces and working out. Above all, she is a faithful woman of God whose life is a constant reflection of her personal relationship with Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Turquoise Sidibe Griffith. Good morning, Turquoise. It is both a pleasure and honor to have you as a guest today. Please share with the audience a little bit more about yourself. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Um, I think my bio was really great uh, to share about myself. Um, I'm also just someone who loves to be outside and loves hiking um, and also just really loving to share my faith and just to also be a, a great friend to people as well, um, just throughout uh, my life journey. Oh, thank you very much, Turquoise. So starting off with a handful of questions, we all have differing experiences in our call to salvation. Can you share with us a little bit about your faith experience? Sure. Um, growing up as a, a kid in the military, we traveled a lot. Um, and so my faith, um, I think grown in my faith experience overall, uh, was cultivated by being around believers, not so much being in church, um, especially growing up until I was in high school, we moved around at least every one or two years. And I think that really shaped my faith experience because I was able to meet and see people of faith um, and see faith in action in their daily lives. Um, and I think that was just so inspiring just to meet military people, meet people at the grocery store, talk to different people at school 
who were believers. Um, and that really shaped my perspective and my understanding of who Christ um, is, um, even as a young child um, and even now today. Okay, thank you for that turquoise. Um, we grow through the Bible as we grow through life. First of all, with simple stories such as Jonah and the whale, and then you have the several adaptations of the Ten Commandments. What is your favorite scripture, verse, or story in the Bible? So the book of Joshua is my um, all-time uh, favorite uh book in the Bible. Um, every time I read uh, Joshua, I feel like I am inspired um, and I learn something new. Uh, my favorite verse is Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Um, and this verse um, has been my favorite for almost 10 years now. And um, I feel like after having my daughter, I went through a very bad cycle of mental health issues and anxiety and really felt um, like I was crippled with fear. Um, and even though this was my favorite verse before that happened, I really feel like it really spoke to me even that time during that time, especially about not being afraid um, and not becoming discouraged. And I just remembered reciting this uh, verse often um, to encourage myself. Um, and I just think it's so relevant even in today's time about what we're all going through with the current pandemic and mental health issues. It's just a verse that I think can really just inspire and uh, renew and change um, my own heart and other hearts as well. Okay, thank you for that, Turquoise. As part of your relationship with the CDC, you encounter underserved people everywhere. Can you share a little of your experience? Um, how did you move um, or be moved with compassion as recently as your trip to Alaska where you met some of the indigenous people? So in emergency response work, um, I think what I really love about it is the ability to be a servant leader. And I think the ability to serve people when they are in a vulnerable situation, whether, rather if it's a hurricane or Ebola response, or if some people are dealing with uh, an opioid substance use. Um, and for me, um, I think those experiences change me because even if I'm not directly sharing about Christ, um, while I'm on site visits or while I'm in a different country or meeting with a native Alaskan, I feel like I, you know, I am representing Christ uh, through my words, through the way I love, through the way I laugh and I talk with people. And I think that's always an opportunity to spread joy, to spread hope, to spread peace to people. Um, and I think that's also just the benefit of being in public health um, is the way to meet the general public and to just change their perspective and to change their minds about um, you know, what's going on in the world. And that also to show that there are still wonderful people out there who want to help and be of service. Okay, do these experience and others 
um, shape your relationship either directly or indirectly with Christ? I think it shapes my relationship directly with Christ. Um, I will typically feel like my, as I've grown in this current job, I feel like my prayer list has grown. Um, I think I've been, my eyes have opened to, you know, what type of privilege do I have as just an individual? And then maybe what others do not have, you know, simply speaking in Alaska, a lot of Alaska natives don't have access to clean water. And what does that mean for their health? And what does that mean for their, uh, their families uh, and things of that nature? Or if I'm doing, um, responding maybe to a hurricane um, in a territory and they lack shelter. I think that also shapes my experiences Um, and it's very humbling. Um, And then I think it also springs me to feel like um, God is sending me um, to help and sending me to make a change and sending me to be an answer to someone's prayer as well. Okay, thank you very much, Turquoise. Currently, there are upwards to approximately five different generations that attend church services today, um, from boomers and older through Generation Z. Do you think the church is equipped to address the needs of each group? And if so, can you elaborate? And also, is there a particular group that you believe may need more attention than others? That's a great question. I do think the church is equipped to address the needs of all. Um, But I will also say that might also depend on the church. Um, I think church almost has to, in a way, understand and evolve with each generation. And also, I think it takes individuals to realize that a church um, should not only focus on meeting their needs. Um, A church should be focused on um more so so bringing people in to be healed to be changed and then seeing in those healed and changed people should then be going out and bringing other people in so i do believe the church is equipped um i don't believe there's one generation over another that it's equipped for but i sometimes just think that each church might need to do some internal looking to understand, okay, what is this generation experiencing that might be different from a previous generation? And how can we show compassion and show uh, patience to this next generation to reach them? Okay, and thank you, Turquoise. There continues to be great discussion and debate as to why young people no longer attend church. Can you give some of your personal insight as to why this is a common occurrence today? Yeah, I think personally, it's almost seemed like we're moving to a post-modern era where individuals in my generation um, and maybe even Gen Z and upcoming generations are looking for identity and looking for purpose. And I think you know, my generations and other generations are also asking questions such as who who am I and is there really a God, um, especially um, almost amidst the chaos, amidst the uprising, amidst violence, is there still purpose for oneself and is there still uh, a sovereign God um, that's in control? And I also think, um, young people might be leaving the church as well 
because you know their their mentors, their parents, their guardians did not model Christ-like behavior. Even if they went to church on Sunday, there could have been a situation where there was no Christ-like behavior Monday, Monday through Saturday. And I think those perceptions really shape your reality. Um, and I feel like if there's no one putting purpose and showing purpose and showing passion and showing who God really is, it can almost be detrimental um and wipe out a generation of people who don't believe that's very good and thank you for that outstanding answer here turquoise we have often become accustomed to styles of preaching over substance can you explain what you consider to be important in a message that is being delivered um, either from a pulpit or in general to grabs the attention of someone that either needs to know Christ or someone that is already in Christ but needs to learn more? For me, I think once I heard that question, what stands out is the action or the so what. Um, I know that I'm a very action deliverable based person. Um, and I also feel like our generation is very short intention spanded, you know, at some certain times. And so it's almost like, okay, how does that impact me? Or what should I do if this message told me that, okay, maybe I am a sinner or maybe I need to be uh, more kind or more patient. Um, and I think that is what really, to me, stands out in the message or what I'm looking for is that how does, how can I take that message and really work through it and think through it for the whole entire week? And how do I plant those those seeds of faith into my heart and really begin to change uh, my mind um, beyond just sitting in a church service? Okay, and going back to some of your comment that you made before, um, having grown up in the military and understanding you know, that you traveled um, all over the world and we understand the frequency that military families move. Every two to three years, they're at a different location and we understand that it's difficult for them to find a church home that meets their needs traveling so frequently. How long did it take you to find the right church for you and your family? So it, I think once we were settled, um, where we're at now, it probably took us about a, a, a good year. Um, I think um, what really helped us was that um, as our children became older, we actually really weighed into their opinion because I feel like if children wanna go to church um, and if we really like the church and they loved the church, uh, we almost we actually selected the church that they really liked a little bit more because we also realizing that we are also raising a future generation of believers and i really want my children to not rumple like you know not be upset about going to church i want them to find have joy and have peace about it as well and so that was really one of our biggest criteria is that really getting the input from our children on our like top church selection um and then where we also um as a couple me and my husband felt like it was a really good fit so whatever one our children selected we didn't feel like after um, we would go astray and then we kind of prayed about it continued to go there and then that's kind of how we made our final decision so were you looking for anything specific 
or did you have a special need that maybe at some point or another was not being met? Um, was it the fellowship that you received as the body of believers um, and how they welcomed you in the door and made you feel as if you were relevant to what was going on? Or was there something else specific that kind of drew you in? So I think for my family, we're looking for multicultural um, and multi-generational churches. Um, I believe that once we um, go to heaven, it's just not going to be one race or one age. Um, and I just think that's really important to really be in a space where there are people who um, may or may not look like me or may not or may or may not think like me, but understanding that we are really still brothers and sisters in Christ and really also trying to raise that up into my children at a, at a young age as well. So that were, um, of course, we wanted a place that was, you know, Christ filled as well. But those were two of our top criteria. Okay. And this question is kind of off topic, but we know that we've just experienced um, COVID or the nation has gone, the world has gone through COVID over the last two and a half years. Um, and with some of the church houses closing and with not having the ability to go and worship, how did that force you to become creative as far as your family worship? Um, and at the same time, um, teaching your children just some of the biblical principles that they may miss having not attended Sunday school and other studies and everything else. Sure. So for us, um, we did a lot of Zoom church um, during the pandemic. Um, and then also a lot of story times. Our children both have a children Bible. So we read about the Bible. We, you know, talk about Christ a lot. Um, and in our house, we kind of incorporate the discussions of Christ or the discussion about our salvation in just daily conversation and more so not like a concrete study time. Um, I also have young children, so it's harder to have them sit still. But when they ask a question about, oh, what happens if someone dies? We, we That's an opportunity for me to share my faith. Or if they say, say they're scared, um, you know, that's an opportunity for us to share our faith. And that's what we really did during the pandemic. And we did a lot of praying um, and a lot of believing for known and unknown people that we just heard about or we read about while we were watching the news as well. Okay, thank you very much, Turquoise. Um, in the age of social media, information and cellular technology do you think those either help or hinder one's perspective no pun intended or one's view of faith i think personally technology helps um someone's view of faith um, i am a firm believer that god is god with or without technology or social media um and i know that um God can use anything to change or save someone's life. And I just think there are several great opportunities for believers to see something that actually might save save them or change them through social media. It could be one tweet, a post, a story that has been shared that can really be impactful. I know personally that sometimes I'm just on social media just kind of browsing and I might see a quote or Bible scripture or I might see something and it really just really can spark something or encourage me. Um, and I think 
that is one of the beauties about social media. The more people share, the more opportunities it can come up to someone's page and actually um, drop a seed of faith into, in, into their lives. Okay. And um, what message would you share with a young person um, that may be lost and really and truly wants to know Christ? I think it's always great um, uh, message if someone wants to um, to know Christ. I, I, I think of two things. I think it's always great to find a local church um, and to really just go out on faith and to attend a church service or as nowadays a Zoom or a YouTube service just to get a sense of what that church experience is like. Um, and then I also will say something that to me that I really see in our generation is music. And um, there are several really great bands that are coming together, really great outdoor concerts that are happening. Um, and they're just with Christian artists. Um, and they, I think, are sharing the love of Christ um, in a very lyrical way. But I think it's also, um, a way where um, you can be changed and you can have an encounter with Christ and you can be in your own house too. Um, and I think that is just so um, important. And then you can listen to music while you're exercising, while you're in your car. Um, and if that's a start for you, um, and then maybe even saying, okay, where is this group or band? What do they attend church or what is their church about? And then listen to a podcast. And it's kind of using that social media and technology to find your way into a church home. It's something that I will also want to share. Okay. And I know um, in today's society, um, and I'm sure that you see them quite often as well, everywhere that we go or we drive, um, it seems that we see more and more homeless people um, in the vastness of the communities that we travel from day to day. Um, it's not just people that we assume were homeless before, um, but now you're starting to see entire, entire families um, that are without a place to dwell or living out of their automobiles and different things like that. So the next question to you, Turquoise, is... How does that make you feel and how do you really and genuinely recognize someone that is truly lost? So I think um, when I think of see people that are unsheltered or experiencing homelessness, for example, if I have an opportunity to interact or to safely talk to them, I, I do. Um, and. I also kind of under the belief that all the people that wonder may not be lost, but maybe also on a journey. And I try to see myself as someone that might can serve them on their journey. And is that, is that buying them a meal? Is that just having a conversation? Is that just smiling or being kind? Those are the times um, or that's the way that I'm usually trying to see these opportunities of someone who may be lost um, or may be um, just in an unfortunate situation. Okay. And um, if you can change one thing about the perception of Christianity today, what would it be? 
um, that we're all not crazy um, and that we are very relatable, um, I think is something that I would change. I sometimes think that when people think about believers, uh, they think about these very strict, very rigid, very not understanding people. And I really would love to change that perception that um, that God cares, um, that there are a lot of believers who care. There's a lot of believers who want to sit down and have a conversation um, and almost share their story about how their life was changed um, and how they began to understand and begin a relationship with Christ. And that's kind of how I like to approach my situations or opportunities that I have, not from a judging perspective, but from a open heart, open mind, let's just sit down and have a cup of tea or coffee and really get to know one another and, you know, take an opportunity to share my own story. So Christians can have fun, in other words. Yes, I, I, I believe so. Do you remember when you first gave your life to Christ? And can you share with the audience what that experience was like? Sure, I do remember when I gave my life to Christ. Um, I remember getting baptized, and I think the thing that stands out to me the most is um, really, um, it was an opportunity to get baptized, and they were asking for individuals to do spontaneous baptism. And I didn't sign up um, for baptism that day but I just felt a strong urge that I wanted to get baptized and so I kind of walked down um and you know got did was baptized and just really felt this sense of calm the sense of peace and this sense of clarity that um I made a really great decision um and I didn't really know at that time what that really meant or how that will all play out but just having that comfort that um i was going to go on this journey this life journey with god um really still still sticks with me today okay thank you turquoise um you often hear people say that having never read the bible the only jesus others will see is actually in us what are your thoughts about that saying I think that is true um, a bit. I think that's why I approach my job from that servant perspective. I think that's why when I go into a community, I don't tell a community you have to do A, B, C. I ask the community about themselves. I ask the community, what do you want? I ask the community, how can I help? Um, because I think those are the impressions we give people. Um, and then sometimes I am able to even just say, hey, I'm a believer in Christ or I'm a Christian or something of that nature. And I want that to match up uh, to what I've been doing in my professional life, also in my um my personal life as well um and so i try to be a consistent light in all interactions um just because i never know if that's the only time someone might see uh, a representation of christ um and i never feel like it's my job to 
to make a person accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, but I do feel like I am responsible to shining a light and planting seeds, um, and wherever those seeds grow, um, you know, let, let the, um, the will of God be done. Okay. And um, considering the challenges that young men and women face today, what pitfalls would you most warn them against? I think the pitfalls that I will most warn younger generations or young men and women about is that you don't need to plan everything out or be in control of everything to work out. I think sometimes there is this beauty of being present, um, being steady, being comfortable about where you are and trusting that God will order your steps. I think especially in my career or in my marriage or where I am professionally and personally, I did not plan this out. I did not think I would be in emergency response work. Um, All of these things are just opportunities that came to me um, and that I accept it um, even though I worked hard in my education I think there is just a beauty of letting go of some control um, and letting um, the will of God be done in your life and however that unfolds Uh, thank you very much Turquoise Um, considering all the things that we're witnessing today um, you're talking about the war in Ukraine um, the famine that's taking place in Yemen Um, the shootings that just recently occurred in both Buffalo, New York, and Uvalde, Texas, and the millions of others that are living at or below poverty. If you had five minutes or less to share a message of hope, what would you say? Sure, it reminds me, uh, I think this might be in the book of Isaiah, don't quote me, but it's like when... Um, it was like God was saying, who can I send out to help? Um, said, oh, you can send me. And I think that message of hope is sometimes there's so much going on. It's almost like, what can I do? Because I'm just this one person.